I'm Neil Carter, the pastor at Rocky River Presbyterian Church. Thank you for joining us through our podcast. And let me extend a personal invitation as well to join us at RRPC in person Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. This season in the church is a rather odd time. We call it ordinary time, a time where there is no real special celebration like Advent, Christmas, or Easter. Some find it difficult to speak of time and faith as ordinary. But if you think about it, we have a lot of ordinary days in our lives. Even still, God is the God of special days, and God is the God of ordinary days. So come journey with us. May you be renewed and empowered, comforted, and challenged as we listen to and for God's Word together today. If you would this evening... Uh, Join me in the call to worship, and also note, too, uh, for the hymns, and it's marked that you're to stand, but y'all can remain seated while we're singing. How about that this evening? But join me. Open up heavens and rain. Clouds pour out buckets of my goodness. Loosen up earth and bloom salvation. Sprout right living. I, God, generate all of this. And join me in our opening prayer. We have gathered here this evening because we long for you, O God, to come to us, to save us, to comfort us, to bring us peace. As we approach the day when we celebrate the birth of Jesus, we grow in our awareness that we need you. We bring our grief, our pains, our disappointments, our fears, and the chaos of our world, and we lay all that before you in this time of worship. As Jesus embodied your love for the world and became God with us, so now, this night, we pray that you would again come and be with us. This is the longest night service for those for whom night time can mean heightened loneliness or fear. Night is when hope is needed the most. We are surrounded in this season by the sounds and sights of joy family gatherings, parties, and laughter. Some of it is real, some of it is forced, and some of it is a cover-up for various kinds of pain and disappointment. Many of us are reminded by the very nature of the Christmas season of those who are absent from our family circles. I'm thinking especially of those who have died, whether recently or some time ago. I'm also thinking of those from whom we are separated under various circumstances. Others are burdened by illness or disappointment or anxiety. Such are acutely aware of the chaos in our world. And so when we have come together this evening, we come seeking comfort and strength from each other and from God. And all of us are welcome here. Join me as we light the candles in the liturgy. We light the candle of hope as we wait the coming of Jesus, who is our source of hope. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of hope in our times of emptiness. We light the candle of peace, knowing that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of peace in our times of uncertainty. 
We light the candle of joy knowing that our comfort and help come from God. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of joy in our times of sadness. And we light the candle of love knowing that God is love revealed to us in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of love in our times of loneliness. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Word became flesh and lived among us, full of grace and truth. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all. We light the Christ candle, knowing that Christ Jesus is our hope, our peace, our joy, and the source of love. Tonight... Two, and if you would like to come forward and to light a candle, just to remember the person that you may be thinking about, the, the situation of your issue of why you're here, you're more than welcome to come forward and do so. Have the person that I'd like to remember and think about this evening. From the Old Testament, we read Isaiah chapter 40. And when this book praise from Isaiah was written, it was in a time when many people of Judah had been taken as captives into exile in Babylon and were feeling crushed without any hope. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. A voice cried out, In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers. The flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. And he will feed his flock like a shepherd and he will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Psalm 121 was one of the songs of ascent, one of the songs that they would sing when they were going up to Jerusalem, going up as a people of faith to worship in the temple. And as they were going up to the temple, they would sing something like this. I will lift my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? 
My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on forevermore. And our gospel lesson comes to us from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overtake it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came in to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believe in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Tonight's meditation, Christmas is good news, isn't it, is, is an excerpt from a larger piece from the uh, Canadian Mennonites. And so I'll read this for you this evening. If Christmas is good news, why then did so many people experience it in such a difficult and painful way. There are probably numerous reasons for this, but one of them has to do with what we have done with Christmas and the season. Think of how the typical Christmas card portrays the story, beautiful sentimental scenes of a confident and calm Joseph, a radiant Mary, and a peacefully sleeping baby Jesus, all surrounded by cute and cuddly animals. Is this really the truth about Christmas. According to popular tradition based on the Gospel of Luke, Jesus was born in a stable. A stable is a place where animals are kept, of course. Stables come complete with animals and animal products and the annoying flies these products attract and the pungent odors that they give off. But where is that in the Hallmark Cards Where do we see the manure, the flies, the cobwebs, the stench? In the Hallmark version of Christmas, the stable has been pressure washed. The animals have all been showered recently. And Mary looks absolutely nothing like an exhausted young woman 
who has just gone through hard labor after a long journey and given birth to her first baby in a barn far from the familiarity of home and family. It's easy to see why Christmas cards don't tell the truth. Realistic portrayals of birth of Jesus are not likely to sell very well. And so we sentimentalize and romanticize the Christmas scene and turn the story of Jesus' birth into a perfect event that lacks the pain, the agony, the unpleasantness that characterize the story as told in the New Testament. Maybe it is precisely this false presentation that prevents many people from experiencing Christmas as good news. Christmas in our society has become about perfection. Christmas cards give us a perfect stable, a perfect Mary, a perfect set of animals. And television commercials promise us the perfect gift received in the context of a perfect family. No wonder Christmas is not experienced as good news by so many people. No wonder the men that stay in a hostel feel like their, their loneliness and alienation all the more intensely around this time of year. No wonder poor and marginalized people feel their poverty and marginalization all the more acutely at Christmas. And no wonder grieving people feel overwhelmed by the waves of pain. When there is deep pain and brokenness in your life, there's not much good news in a perfect Christmas at all. People who are hurting are not likely to find themselves at a home in a perfect Christmas. But the real good news of Christmas is that Jesus was born in a barn. The Lord of this universe came to us as love incarnate in a form of a baby born to poor peasant parents. This baby was born in the dark and stinky fly-infested stable. And that is good news. God comes to us not in and through perfection. Jesus Christ was born into a world where there is manure, obnoxious disease-spreading flies, and where far too often life stinks. And that is good news. Christmas is not about Jesus being born into perfect in a perfect stable or perfect families or a perfect world. Christmas is about Jesus being born in a world that is deeply broken and hurting, a world in need of healing and redemption. Our Christmas cards, malls, commercials want us to deny and at least turn away from the pain, suffering, and brokenness of the world. But there is not much good news in that. Because if we dare to be honest with ourselves, we know that many forms of brokenness are all too real in our world. And the good news of Christmas is that God does not turn away from precisely such a world, but God decides to become immersed in it. God sends Jesus, the Christ, to a world into where the world's pain and to bring light and hope and joy and peace and new life to it. The good news of Christmas can be summarized by the words of John 1 verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. 
Christmas is about Jesus Christ entering the darkness of every time and place, including ours today, to bring light, healing, forgiveness, renewal, and abundant life. Christmas is about Jesus coming into the darkness with God's promise that someday all of creation will be bathed and illuminated and renewed by the healing light of God. And that we can receive and walk in that light today. Indeed, Christmas is good news, isn't it? Let's pray. God of compassion, you have given us your own son, Jesus Christ, to be for us the great physician, making the broken whole and overcoming even the darkness of death and despair, with new life and new hope. We thank you for the one who touched the untouchable, who reached out to the dying and brought healing and wholeness to those who had despair. Touch our wounds. Reveal our hurts. And restore us to wholeness of life through this same Lord Jesus Christ. Set our troubled souls free, O Lord, from restlessness and anxiety and hurt. Uphold us by your strength. Anchor us upon the rock of your faithfulness. Give us your peace and power, and so keep us that in all times of trouble and distress, we may know you hold us ever close. You are faithful, O God. You not only give us your word that can be trusted, but you also lend us your ear for our comfort. So hear us now as we offer silently our prayers. Prayers for people and situations represented here by these candles and for the needs that are hidden deep within our spirits. Grant us, O God, the fullness of your promises where we have been weak, grant us your strength. Where we have been confused, grant us your guidance. Where we have been distraught, grant us your comfort. And in all times, in all circumstances, grant us your peace. Great God of compassion and love, listen to the prayers of your people. Grant to all, especially those who are hurting and troubled during this season, the blessing that we ask in the name of Jesus Christ the one who taught us to to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come and will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.